Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with Disney couple Rose and Eric Waples, who had a Wishes Collection wedding at Walt Disney World. I thought you guys would be interested to hear how they chose Walt Disney World for their wedding, and how they planned everything, and how everything turned out. So welcome, Rose and Eric. Hello. Hi. Thanks so much for being on the show today. I always like to start at the very beginning and find out how you guys decided that you wanted to have your wedding at Walt Disney World. I think that I knew before I proposed that this is an inevitability. And so before I proposed, I started doing some research online. And I was actually looking at the escape package um, right off the bat. And it's interesting because you, you hear Disney and you think it's wildly expensive and, and unfeasible. But when you look at that package, it's actually it's actually pretty economical. And at that point in time, I was looking to the options. You can pick like between a few options. It didn't seem that bad for planning either. So I, I walked into it with that perspective. When I proposed, she said yes. Surprise, surprise. And then we started planning the wedding. And uh, we eventually started talking about our families. Rose's family is a lot bigger than mine is. So we ended up expanding to a wishes package and it was set from there. Yeah, it's kind of funny because I love Disney. I've been at Disney every year since I was born almost. And then my grandfather moved down to Disney when he retired and he's been there every year since it opened. So that's just kind of a family tradition for us. But I didn't even think that Eric would go for that, so I didn't even bring it up after he proposed, but uh, he actually had started to think about it already, so that kind of shows how much he knew me. That's interesting. So, Eric, were you a Disney fan before you guys got together, or are you a convert? I was. I mean, I, I like Disney. We'd gone a few times with my family, but um, I think that I think it is a great place to vacation, where Rose thinks of it as a, a way of life. And since this whole adventure started, I've, I've definitely drank the Kool-Aid a lot more than I had before, but Rose is definitely a bit more into it than I am. <laughs> so how did each of your friends and family react when they found out where the wedding was going to be? So my family was right on board. And like I said, on my father's side, my grandfather lives down there. I'm on my mom's side, my grandfather is also a big fan. My aunt had worked at Disney. My grandfather had worked at Disney. So everybody on my side was right on board and it was a pretty easy sell. My family was was definitely a little surprised at first, but they bought in really quickly. It was my my groomsmen and my my friends that had to uh, be sold a little bit. But it's funny because throughout the process, they were definitely apprehensive because it, it sounds like it's been wildly expensive. But as we got closer to it, we started bringing out little pieces of what would be in the wedding. It was funny to see them start to buy in. And I had this one memory of our reception when we had characters come. And one of the most apprehensive people was was my, my one of my uh, grooms-women, um, Nicole. And I remember that moment when Mickey and, and Minnie and Donald came in. And she was the first one to scream and get all excited because they came in. So it was, it was, it was definitely a fun transition to watch. <laughs> so how many guests did you invite and how many were able to make the trip? We started with a list of about 45, something like that. I think we ended up with 36. Oh, wow. That's a pretty good turnout. Yeah. yeah. 
Were most of your family members and friends coming from the East Coast, Midwest, all over? We live in, in upstate New York, um, Western New York. And so most of them came from around this area. One of my best men, because I, I shared between my high school best friend and my brother, one of them um, was from Illinois. We had a few come from Wisconsin. And I think beyond that, it was pretty much around this area. Rose has some family in Florida as well. So we had a couple Floridians there. Yeah, two locals. But other than that, everyone pretty much came from Buffalo and Rochester, New York. Interesting. Okay. Now, how did you guys choose your ceremony and your reception venues? So I was pretty familiar with all of the locations just from being around the resorts and being on property a lot as a child. But we looked through a lot of pictures. Eric had not seen many of the locations. So we did a lot of research online. We knew that we wanted kind of September, October-ish time. So we knew that it was going to be hot, but maybe not too hot to have one outside. So we didn't really cross that off the list. And for me, probably for both of us, I think the most important thing was that we felt like we were at Disney. We could have been in a ballroom here at home and it would have, you know, it's, it's a ballroom. You can't really see anything. We wanted to feel like we were at Disney and be able to see Disney around us. So that was really what we were looking for when we looked at location venues. We did actually, some of the things that were on our list were not available due to food and wine. So they had some areas like Italy Isola West was blocked off for um, a lineup that they were doing for, I don't know if it was one of the concerts or something else. So some of the things that we actually had on our list weren't available, but We did settle on some beautiful places. We ended up in Seabreeze Point and California Grill, which we absolutely love and are definitely quintessential Disney. I mean, the background of Seabreeze Point is Epcot and the boardwalk. And then you can see your Magic Kingdom is your backdrop for California Grill. So it was absolutely beautiful. And and one of the other things on our list was not needing to decorate a lot to make it make the space look beautiful. And that was true for both of the locations that we ended up with. Now, tell me a bit about whether you had a theme or colors and how you incorporated that in your events. We started with an idea in mind and we had done a lot of Pinteresting looking around trying to figure out what the theme was because we heard a lot of people say you have to have this this great idea and like and go with it. But I think we, we fell on the idea of an enchanted forest type theme and we were trying to come up with what's, what would centerpieces look like. But one of the things that's nice about the Wishage package is that you kind of give them what you're looking for and they just do the rest for you. I think they like it better when they have more freedom to do what they what they want and I think that they, they like to surprise you as much as you're willing to let them. And so I, I think that Originally, we went with that and we started getting some ideas for centerpieces and we, we, we pivoted at some point in time. We started getting a lot more basic and we, we started transitioning more towards just the idea of having like Disney in general be the theme. So when we started looking at locations like using the California Grill, having the Magic Kingdom be the backdrop, having the castle be the big focal viewpoint, like it, it just kind of fit really well without adding extra flu-flu to it. So we had a color scheme that Rose can talk about a bit. But beyond that, I think we just went for like little Disney flares to kind of make things pop and it worked out really well. Yeah, and I think we we felt a lot of pressure to have a theme and even the planning packet when you're going in for the planning session, it asks you, what's your theme? Can you describe your theme in so many words or whatever it says? And we just looked at each other like, oh my gosh, we don't know. I mean, we just spent so much time on like Pinterest, just trying to like put together a couple things that we liked and then tried to name that and describe it and ended up 
not even really going with that at all. Like Eric said, we totally pivoted away from that. We did keep the colors that we kind of had thought of, which was kind of a palette of dusty blues. So we had some lighter and darker blue shades that we used in like the bridesmaids dresses and then some of the flowers and some of the other things that ended up being around. And then we had a dusty rose or like a rose gold accent color, which came out a lot in the flowers and some of the other things that we had. But most of it just ended up being Disney. Like we picked things that we liked and those all ended up being Disney. So we ended up with those chocolate name badges that the cast members have that are chocolate and they have your name on it. We had maps, old maps as our table numbers instead of a number. It was just a park. And we had everything from really old maps from Epcot and Magic Kingdom to even River Country, which is no longer with us. But all of these places that I love and that we had old maps for we used those as table numbers and then we had like a Walt Disney quote welcome sign outside so that kind of ended up being our theme was just these Disney touches and us being in Disney and all that kind of work that we put in before of we have to have a theme we have to have a cohesive idea it didn't end up being really like that big of a deal and and it ended up being something that we loved and we didn't have to force it. That's really great. I'm glad you mentioned that because, yeah, it can be overwhelming if you don't have a theme and you think, you know, oh, I'm so unprepared for my planning session. I don't have a ton of ideas, but sometimes it can be better if you're more open to ideas. So, yeah. Did you guys have any kind of entertainment at the reception? You mentioned characters. We did. We ended up screening for the characters. We had um, what's fun about wishes is you have to hit a minimum. And so we had gone through meticulously to try and plan things out. And we ended up having enough on the budget for three characters in the end. So we had Mickey come, we had Minnie come, and then we had Donald, which is my favorite. So I got a little tip of the hat there too. We didn't want a long reception. We were like, we're at Disney. We're going to do all of our reception things, but we're not going to be there. We had a morning ceremony and an an early late morning slash early afternoon reception. So we were done. I think we had the space until three, but we were like out of there by two, two 30, just because we wanted to go to the park. Some other people went with us. Some people went to the pool. Some people went home and took a nap. We had a dessert party later that day. So we wanted to kind of enjoy that day and didn't necessarily want like an eight hour reception. So we didn't do like the DJ or anything like that, but the characters was our big thing. And one of the things, and I'll recommend this to anybody was we kept it a secret. The only people that knew were my maid of honor and one of my, um, we call them a bros maid. So one of my <laughs> bridesmaids, male, he was our MC and he, so he was introducing it. And he knew, and his brother was there with him, and his brother didn't even know. He kept it a secret from him, so nobody else knew. And the reaction, and we went back and watched it in our video, but you could hear it, you could see it. People, like, they lined us all up for a photo, and then the characters came in, and there were screams and yells, and people are, like, dabbing their eyes in the corner in the video. It's so funny. It's so great to watch. So I would really recommend that if you're going to do characters and you you really want just a big bang at your reception, keep it a surprise, because it was definitely the hit of the party. <laughs> That's fantastic. Did you request specific costumes for the characters? Yeah, we got there. I think it was the yellow outfits and we had originally requested it and they sent us pictures for Mickey and Minnie we ended up adding on Donald later and he also had the outfit that matched the other two so we must have just picked the right one because they said Donald doesn't have as many choices as Mickey and Minnie does so they all matched it was really cute. 
Now, how did that work since you had your bros made as the announcer? Did you have like an iPod that he used for background music or what did you do for that? Yeah, so we did the the package where they just bring kind of the mic and the, the setup, the mixer, the speakers, and they kind of do a little bit of run through with him when they first get there on how to use it. But it wasn't super complicated. He had kind of done stuff like that before, but not anything kind of that big or to that scale. And he did just an amazing job doing the announcements of all of our family and doing the speeches and then kind of our first dance and everything like that in the Mickey and Minnie surprise announcement. So he just did a great job. We had written out a script for him before, just kind of how long everything was going to take, which we kind of put together from our wedding planner and our photographers, the roots, and, and kind of put that all together for him when everything was going to happen, how long everybody was had to speak and all of that. We went through with him of like pronunciation of last names of everybody and everything like that. And we put together an iPad. So we had one of our iPads that we had a whole music playlist for. So we had like first dance entrance music, Mickey and Minnie, like these were the playlists and then just like brunch and seating, which was just like a generic, you can play this at any time when there's a downtime. And he had it, he was sitting actually pretty close to it. He picked a table that was pretty close to the setup and just jutted out to do stuff. The mic was mobile, so he was able to walk around a lot and it was super natural and really easy. One of the things that I, I think people think about with weddings is that you have to you have to be in control of everything. But like, what's nice about Disney is that they really gave the option to to micromanage it or let them take care of it. And if you want a DJ to take over and just do it for you, that they they have that package, you can pay it for it, and, and they do a great job. But for us, we we didn't really we're not big dancey people, and so I think we just wanted to get the ceremony part out of the way so we could enjoy time with our family and friends. Setting up a few playlists just made it really easy. And it was literally a plug-in iPad situation. And we just gave him the mic and he went with it. So it wasn't really that difficult. And it gave us a chance to personalize the songs uh, really, really well. So it was nice. And did you use your own songs for the ceremony as well? Or did you use the included musician? We did have a violinist come, but we also uh, used our own music for it as well. I mean, I, I walked into the Indiana Jones theme song. We walked out to Come and Get Your Love, which is from... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we were able, by doing that, we were able to pick some songs that are not necessarily on the regular like hits list. So one of the, the songs that our bridesmaids and groomsmen and everyone, our whole bridal party walked down the aisle to was a mashup that was actually done by some YouTube folks that I had downloaded the song. And our wedding planner actually commented on how like that it was such an amazing song and she had never heard that mix before. It was Go the Distance, a couple songs from Tarzan, You'll Be In My Heart, stuff like that. And it was all kind of mixed together where he sings like pieces of it and it's all kind of acoustic guitar and it was just a really lovely song and we would have never been able to have that if we had them do it so you could kind of do that on your own and, and add that and that was super easy too we just handed them the iPad and actually we had given it to our photographers earlier because they were going to be there before we were because we were at our photo shoot the Magic Kingdom and they passed it on for us so it was a really easy trade-off and then my bros maid picked it up after to make sure that it got to the reception so it was really easy. 
Having said that, their musicians are incredible. Um, and the violinists we had, it's funny because we gave them a list of songs to play originally. And um, when I was watching the, I didn't notice it until I, after the wedding when I was watching the video. I'm like, he's not playing the music we gave him. But he was literally out there taking requests. And there were random obscure requests that Rose's stepdad was asking for that he knew, too. And he was a fantastic musician. He would play along with some of the song we had recorded, too. So, I mean, these guys know their stuff and they, they just enhance it even further. So you can do both if you want. They do a great job with it. That's fantastic. Now, something you said, I want to take a quick detour. You did your Magic Kingdom bridal portrait session before the ceremony, and I see a lot of people asking, you know, is this possible? Am I going to be too tired? Will I have enough time to get from one to the other? How did that work out for you guys? Yeah, so it was an early day, but I kind of anticipated that it was going to be an early day anyway. We had a 9.30 a.m. ceremony at Seabreeze Point, so I kind of thought it was going to be early anyway. And that's something where it was the two of us being having to be up really early and do things really early. So we were okay with that. And I think I got up at 3. I'm not sure when you got up, <laughs> um, which you can talk about later. I literally woke up, my alarm went off, I was up. Like, it was my wedding day. There was no, like, foggy, I need to go back to sleep. Like, I was awake. I was in the shower. I did have, Eric's mom is a hairstylist, and she actually did my hair that morning. So her and one of my bridesmaids were one of the first transport cars over to us. So they got there early. And then my bridesmaid, Ashley, who is amazing, took my phone from me and was answering the phone all morning. Rose's phone, happy wedding day. This is bridesmaid Ashley speaking. So she was getting the photographers, the videographers, the makeup artists in into the room all morning. And I didn't have to worry about that. My mom and my maid of honor were also there. And then when they got us ready and we were up and out, we did our first look in the hotel with the roots and then... Everybody kind of had some time to themselves while Eric and I went off and did our portrait session. And it was such an amazing start to the day because I had a knot in my stomach. Like, I, I don't know if it was nervous because I wasn't necessarily like nervous or worried about the day or anything like that. But I just had like a pit in my stomach from the moment that I woke up. I was just like had those nerves and the minute that we were running around the Magic Kingdom with no one else around and laughing and our photographers are making us laugh and kiss and throwing veils in the air and all of that stuff, it was just like I wouldn't have started the day any differently because it set a, an amazing tone for the day. It was the perfect icebreaker. <laughs> That's great to hear. Okay, going back to the reception, do you guys have any menu items or cake flavors that you would recommend? We had our reception at the California Grill, which is not even arguably the best restaurant in Walt Disney World. Um, so the food was absolutely fantastic. And you have a little less of an option when you go there. They give you a menu and they give you some options too. And you can kind of pick and choose certain parts of it. But you're more restricted than, than other places. But I mean, the food they give you is absolutely fantastic. We had steak. We had prawns. And we had Mickey waffles added in as an extra. We did the, the Barstow lunch, actually, even though our food started about 11, 12-ish. Um, and then we added Mickey waffles and some other, like, breakfast things. And we swapped one of the sides for the Gouda mac and cheese that they do at dinner as one of the sides. And I think the two things, and I literally, and it's been 
seven months almost that we've been married every week I hear from someone in my bridal party about either the mac and cheese or the mushroom risotto about how they want it again they want to try it again so the food was just such high quality everything was amazing and people are still talking about it at least once a week to me it's just one of the one of the top bars I will say that we didn't get to do a menu tasting because they don't offer that and like Eric said there there are certainly less choices than sky's the limit Disney catering can do anything for you because you kind of have to go with the California grill things but I, I don't regret any portion of that or any single thing that we got it was all amazing quality and I will say you can if you know the California grills menu um, you can try and work with them to get things added to it as well so like don't feel like you're completely stuck with what's on their their catering menu because you can if, if they make it during the regular dinner service chances are they might be able to find a way to put it on for a buffet but there are some things that don't work well with a buffet so that's that's what they're limited with but Talk to them because you can work with them. Yeah, we did go back and forth with them a couple of times. I did want one of the raviolis that they have as an appetizer, and they said that that didn't lend itself well to the buffet, so they weren't going to accept that one. But they did the Gouda mac and cheese was no problem, so they were totally willing to work with us on some things. Okay, that's great to hear. Now tell me a bit about your dessert party. Yeah, so we actually did two events. We did a dessert party that night, the same night of our wedding. And then two days prior to our wedding, we did a welcome party, which was also a dessert party. We did it at Hollywood Studios. Sorry, I wanted to call it MGM because it's just MGM in my head. Hollywood Studios. So that was technically a dessert party, but we did it as our welcome party. And that was awesome. We had a great time. We did the small patio that... Our event guides, Cece and Jim, were amazing. They took such good care of us. At one point, my grandfather needed just to sit down, or, or and we, they got him like a wheelchair immediately and like helped out. There was absolutely nothing that we could have wanted for or asked for during that party. The Epcot dessert party that we did after the wedding was a little more stressful but the reason that one was a little more stressful for me was because we were waiting for the monorail for 40 minutes and it never came so we almost were late to our own dessert party my uncle Jim was actually in front of us at the monorail stop and ended up just throwing us all in his rented minivan and driving us over there. And I thought we were going to be late. I was on the phone with our wedding planner and she was trying to get us like backstage parking access or whatever she could do. But because it was so late, we ended up being able to park right up close and ran over there just as they were leaving. So that one was a little more stressful for me, but it still went great. And they took such good care of us. We were there so much later than I feel like our, our time was. We were just talking and hanging out forever. And I think I was finally the one that was like, we should get out of their hair and leave. And the park was like empty around us, completely empty. I'm sure it had been closed for a while by the time we left. What venue did you use? Uh, we did Lockside UK. UK. I was going to say England. Lockside UK um, and, and Epcot. And do you have any recommendations from either of those dessert parties for food items? We did the, um, what were the donuts we had? The Flambe Action Station. Yeah. And it's, it's basically like they make their own donuts. They like Krispy Kreme, but then they light them on fire. And, um, and they, they use like Fireball Whiskey. It's, it's fantastic. We had fruits. We, had, I, we didn't do soft drinks. We just did the regular drink package. But they come with so many kinds of teas and other things, too, that you don't really need it. For the welcome party, we had chocolate-dipped Rice Krispie treats. We had the cheeseburger egg rolls, and I think, did we do anything else for that? We one? did a mac and cheese bar. That's right, a mac and cheese bar. They had, they had like pulled pork and a bunch of toppings you can put on things too, so you can personalize it. Wow. Did you add a ride mix into either party? 
We did have a ride mix in for the welcome party. We went to the Tower of Terror. So we had a little bit of a problem with that one, I would say. And they told us after that each park handles ride mix-ins a little differently and Hollywood Studios doesn't get them as frequently as Epcot does. So that may have been part of it. But also I've heard of people who had absolutely amazing experiences. We went on the Tower of Terror and we just had a a hard time because our event guides kind of let us in and we're going to hang back. Not all of our folks wanted to go into the ride mix-in. So they were hanging back with the rest of everyone and with like the wheelchairs and the scooters and things like that and kind of let us go in. Our party ended up getting a little bit separated. And even though it was after the point where the ride should have stopped taking people, they were still taking people. So we ended up being pretty split up. The slower members of our group who left their wheelchairs and things like that behind um, ended up very far behind us. The, the cast member at the front was very frustrated with us when we were trying to group ourselves together because kind of the reason we chose the Tower of Terror was that we really wanted to get a picture all together in the ride and that so we were just trying to get together and they were really frustrated with us and and it just didn't didn't go great I was a little stressed out after and of course they they apologized and and all of that but that was a little rough because that was kind of our first thing at the welcome party I don't think that our party noticed it at all but I was a little stressed out just trying to organize it because they were not really on board and then the video was malfunctioning so we didn't end up getting the video on our photo pass either so that was kind of a bummer I think again, the tricky part was that the event planners did great. They walked us up to the place, but I think from the line to the inside, it was just like a regular ride. And so I, I think the people inside weren't aware we were coming. And I, I think that in previous talks, Rose and I had heard other people say that they kind of had like a separate line set up for them. And so I think we expected a little more of a, a personalized treatment, but it was just like walking into a ride with 36 people. And if you do that normally, you don't expect to be put on the same thing because you're in with everybody else. But I think um, it just seemed like they weren't quite ready for us, which which explains why they were a little frustrated too, because when you're faced with 36 people demanding to be put on the same car, it's going to be a little frustrating too. But that was a, a little bit of a rub because it was so early on. I feel like if it were toward the end, it'd be like, nah, it's fine. But I think it was one of our first experiences. But like I said, I don't think the guests even noticed it, but Rose and I were walking out and giving each other the eyes like, oh, okay. <laughs> and one of the other things I would say about the other parties that we had is that they kept wanting us to add like more food, more food. That's not going to be enough food. And we only had, so like Eric said, the mac and cheese bar, the cheeseburger egg rolls and the Rice Krispie treats, for example, for one of them, they just kept coming out and refilling everything. It was more food than we would ever have been able to eat. Um, We certainly, I guess, could have had more variety by adding more items, but that's one of the ways we were able to keep down the cost of those was not having a million items. And they really did take care of us and make sure that everything was full all the time and we really wouldn't have added more food but that's one of the things that our planners and things like that kept saying is well that's not going to be enough food that's not going to be enough food and it completely was way more than enough food I kid you not that plate was as full when we left as it was when we walked in and like they just I don't know where it was coming from they just kept on refilling it with more and more plates and it was just as good in the end as it was in the beginning but um, I feel like it was never a question of how much there would be but it was more of the variety that they were talking about 
That's a really good point because I think people, when they are planning these, they don't understand that you're paying for an hour's worth of service for whatever food you do pick and you really mm-hmm. don't need that much food. I see so many people who have these dessert party menus and they cost like $75 and they have 15 things. You can literally just do ice cream novelties like Mickey bars or a build your own ice cream sundae and that's plenty for a dessert party. As long as you're meeting the food and beverage minimum, there's no need to go over. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, 100%. I think we were between 20 and 35 for like both of our parties separately. So we really didn't spend a ton of money and we weren't anywhere close to like that higher amount. But the first things they were quoting us were like $50, $70 a person. Wow. Okay, so you gave a really detailed timeline of how the morning ran with your Magic Kingdom photo shoot. Can you give my listeners a timeline of how the rest of the wedding day ran? Yeah, sure. So our Magic Kingdom portrait session was from 6.30 to 7.30 in the morning. And then they were actually, so they picked us up at our resort and dropped us off at our location for our ceremony, which was Boardwalk, which was great. So we didn't need to get there because they already took us there. And then we met the Roots at 8-ish to start kind of the rest of our photos. We Since we had already done our first look, Before the Magic Kingdom, we spent about 45 minutes with them doing just bride and groom photos around. And then our wedding party was slowly arriving. I think we had all of them by like 845. And then we did the wedding party photos. Um, And then we set up for the ceremony, which was 930. We did a pretty short ceremony. So about 10, we were done. Um, We did family photos after. So we did the the bridal party before and then some of the family photos after with the different family groupings and then everybody started to get into the vans to go to the contemporary for our reception and then we stayed a little bit longer headed over there and met the roots over and while everyone was kind of doing their cocktail hour and those types of things we actually got some pictures outside in the contemporary where the monorail is and the monorail people that were out there working were absolutely great too. They let us like run right up there and stand. They had like, they emptied out like the first monorail car for us. And we were like standing there taking pictures in the empty monorail car. And that was an awesome experience to be able to like jump in and out of the monorail as it was coming. And it's monorail yellow. So now every time we see that monorail, we call it our wedding monorail, which is nice. And then we went upstairs and they kind of like, like most weddings, they tucked us in a little back room. At that point, we kind of realized that we needed to sign our marriage license because we hadn't done that yet. Um, So our officiant came in. He was um, one of a friend of ours, actually. We had initially asked him to be one of my bros and he ended up officiating our wedding. Um, And he came in and we had the witnesses come in and sign and they brought us food. The caterers or I don't think they're caterers, just the event managers at Um, California Grill were amazing. They all came in and introduced themselves to us, asked us if we wanted more food, what we needed while they kind of set up for our introductions. So that that was awesome. And we kind of started the whole reception at 1130. We did the Mickey and Minnie and Donald pretty quick. I think it was about 1150. And eight did the first dances and the toasts and or um, did the mother, son, father, daughter dance and the toasts and Everybody kind of wandered off after that, and our dessert party was at about 8.45 that night. Got it. Okay, great. Now, when you guys were planning, what were the most important aspects of the event where you focused your attention and or your budget? 
we spent a lot of time trying to figure out the photography. Rose is, um, uh, I mean, Rose has a minor in photography, and that's, that's a big passion of hers. And so we wanted um, to have those come out right. Um, for a long time, we had planned on using Disney's photography, which is nice because then you get to include it as part of your enhancements. Um, and then Rose, through just researching online, came across the roots, and she fell in love instantly. So um, we, we hemmed and hawed for a while because the problem is if you use an outside photographer, you can't count it as part of your enhancements. Um, but in the end, we decided to just go for it, and we asked the roots to be our photographers, and we changed our enhancements around a bit, um, which is where we got the extra money to do the, uh, the characters from. But we don't regret it for a second because our pictures came out absolutely fantastic, and the roots i mean it's they're they're a, a husband and wife that are just like they insert you into the day in a way where they are just they're like part of the family they're fantastic they're funny um they're quirky yeah and and the portrait session obviously because we were told that if that wasn't part of your your ceremony or your reception um or included in your photography package then the portrait session also does not count towards your enhancements so that was something that came out too and gave us a little more money in our enhancements that we had to play with um because we had to fill our enhancement minimum so that that photography did switch around a lot for us but it was so worth it that we did end up putting a lot of our budget and actually a lot more than you actually think because we had to pay for that. And then we also had to pay for more enhancements. So that was something that we put a lot of our budget in. I would say that one of the other areas we really were focused on was the experience of our guests. To us, these folks were coming all the way down from the Midwest or from New York to come to our wedding. And it was really important that it was not just a day, but it was kind of that week or weekend or however much time they could they could take. So that's why we had the welcome party. The day after the welcome party, we did a drink around the world or eat around the world for folks who aren't of age. We did a whole thing. Thing there the day before the welcome party we did a monorail bar crawl so we just had all these events that that was our goal was just to spend time with these people and do a lot of just guest enhancements um, and that kind of led into the other touches that we added throughout our wedding also and again what's cool about disney is they allow you to do as much as you want on your own um or you can have them do it. But we decided to make our own welcome bags. Um, we did a lot of crafting ahead of time. Um, I mean, Rose came a few days earlier than I am because I'm a, I'm a teacher and getting time off is harder. Um, but she she had a whole suitcase full of like welcome bag things um, that she put together with her her, uh, her maid of honor. Um, and so we have personalized bags for everybody with like everything from Advil um, all the way down to little schedules for the transportation um, schedules for that day. And uh, we made some videos ahead of time. Um, Again, as a teacher, I may micromanage a little more than other people, and um, I'm used to dealing with young adults <laughs> that, that aren't as accountable for things. So I, I made a couple of videos ahead of time that basically walk people through how to how to register for fast passes, how to um, make reservations, how to join the, the room block. And so we um, we did it in some quirky ways where I used my brother as an actor sometimes and did like old 50s infomercial style things. But you can have fun and play with it and be quirky, and that's what we did. That's an interesting point and, and a really great idea to really prepare guests with something that, you know, often if you send a newsletter or something, half the time people just ignore them or throw them away or whatever. But a video is something quick and short that they can just click on and watch it. Yeah, our first video had some green screen in it. We kind of went all out. And then like Eric said, the second one was like a 50s infomercial of like, what do you mean you haven't done your magical express yet? And then he drops his bags on the ground and looks confused. So like all of those things, we just had a lot of fun with it. And our families just got a kick out of it, which meant we knew we watched that they watched them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
Okay, so then what aspects were less important to you where you saved your money or you just saved your effort? So flowers was a big one. Um, I I like flowers, but it's not something that like I, I needed everything to be draped in flowers. And, and for Eric as well, that's not something that was like a big point for us. We went back and forth on even things like corsages and, and things like that of if we even wanted them. The only reason we ended up adding them back in um, was because we needed just a little bit more money in our enhancements to spend and we might as well have added those things back in. So flowers was not a big one. Um, and in fact, I wasn't super thrilled with with how ours turned out anyway, because we added money back into it. And we were telling our floral designer, oh, yeah, can you just maybe make the um, table centerpieces a little bigger? They ended up with a different base than I had originally picked. I wanted a julep cup. And then they ended up in these large mirror um, squares that I just hated. And every time I see them in my pictures, I'm really annoyed that I didn't, like, ask more questions about that. They were still beautiful, but, you know. <laughs> But I was picky about it. So even things like that, when we were just trying to like add some more of that stuff on, that wasn't something that was super important to us at all. I loved my bouquet, but that was really the the biggest excitement that I had about flowers. And transportation too. We had definitely looked at when we had some more room to play with our enhancements. We looked at some of the um, limos and fancy cars that they have and things like that. And we just weren't like super excited about any of them. We did vans and town cars for everything, including us. And I was super happy in that town car. Like we got in that town car, the guy who was driving us was quiet yet supportive and helpful and we just kind of needed that moment after a ceremony for someone to not be like asking us a million questions um eric dropped his phone on the ground when we got out of the car and the guy was like <laughs> running after us to give it to us and it was like leather inside really nice very cold when we got in it it was everything that i needed i didn't need that five six minute trip to be in a limo and i, I feel like i would have felt less happy about spending that money on that um, even if it was just for the pictures and I'll I do lots of things for pictures like Eric said I, I'm a photographer so I love the pictures but transport just wasn't something that was super important to me and everybody seemed super happy with the transportation we had no complaints at all everything was on time and our wedding planner really took care of when we had eight vans at once or whatever that everything was there on time and everybody got in a van and nobody was left behind or anything and then I would say obviously we talked about this before the the music and the DJ that was something that we did not want to put a lot of money in because we're not dancers and that really wasn't something that we had envisioned for our reception. So we just didn't spend any time on that at all. So what ended up being each of your favorite memories of your wedding day? So for me, it was definitely, like I talked about earlier, that Magic Kingdom shoot. It just set the tone for the day and was absolutely amazing. I, I agree. I mean, I think the same type of thing. It's it's cool because they take you to the back routes. You get to see a side of the parks you never get to see. There's things that are right next to each other in the back that are like a 15-minute walk inside the park. Um, and they're, the photographers are funny. You get to walk around. You get to break the ice, break the tension, and make it be a, a fun start instead of a, a nervous affair. <laughs> now, you mentioned the issue with the dessert party that was the welcome party and your ride mix-in. Was there anything else that went wrong or just didn't turn out like you expected? So my uh, groomsmen decided to take me out on, uh, on bachelor party part two the night before, and um, I may have gotten back in a little later than I expected. So the morning of, I, I may have slept through my alarm. 
Um, and so I, I missed the, uh, the exact time of my first pickup and I woke up to my Fitbit buzzing cause my wedding planner was, was texting me saying, Eric, where are you? Your, your, your ride is here. And I, I have to say the wedding planners, my God, they're fantastic. Um, I mean, they're, they're completely on top of their game. They don't make you feel bad about things like that too. So I woke up, ran to my car and we were good to go from that point forward. So, um, small things like that and small hiccups happen, but the wedding planners are so great at problem solving and they, they, they make you feel like a king the entire time you're doing it too. So they're worth it. Yeah. And the only other things that I would say, we actually got a new planner within 30 days of our wedding. So that was a little stressful. I wouldn't necessarily say anything went wrong, but it certainly caught us off guard and made us really uh, nervous for, for that week to go perfectly, but it did go fine. And then seating. I think one of the things that I just didn't think about um, was telling my side. So we talked about before Eric had very few people on his side and I had a large family on my side. We didn't think to tell them that they should sit everywhere and they all tried to fit on my side and didn't fit and some of them were standing and I just didn't even think that I had to say that um but it it was was interesting it was literally like my big fat Greek wedding where you had like my (laughs) side with three people and then the other side was so full people were standing it was it was everything we thought it was going to be (laughs) awesome pictures I'm sure (laughs) yeah (laughs) the pictures are fine they they mitigate it but the video is where you notice it oh Okay, so now you mentioned having a shift of planners. That's pretty scary. Was there anything else that seemed like a big deal beforehand, but then it turned out not to be? I think even while it was happening, the room block seemed like it was a huge deal or that it was going to be a huge deal. And we did so much prep work for it before that it just ended up being really easy for us. We did like pre-RSVPs where we asked people, are you thinking about staying on? Are you thinking about staying off-site? Or do you not know how many days are you thinking about staying? And that was like 14, 15 months out. And we got them back from everybody and they were not 100% accurate, but pretty close. Um, And I actually ended up having to like add on a day or two and that was no problem. So I actually thought that that was going to be a lot more of a headache than it was for us. Um, And one of the other things that I think um, I was really worried about was, like Eric said, we made a lot of things and having to transport everything down. And my dress was like one thing I was not willing to part with. I was not going to ship it. I was not going to check it. It was going to stay with me the whole time. And we have a small regional airport where all of the, the planes are a little smaller. So I was really worried about just everything getting there and not being broken and that no one was going to take my dress away from me. And that ended up being fine. <laughs> is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? I think that, and this is something that we've heard a lot of people say, the videography was something that we did and we love, and but we, we did it kind of on a little bit more of a budget because of how we went over in other areas where we only had one videographer instead of two. And looking at our video and how amazing it was, I could see how it would have been even more amazing if there was two. So I don't know if I necessarily regret it, but maybe I would do have done it differently if I would have known the product that we would have gotten after. And then one thing that happened at our initial planning session was I was interested to find out how much like the floral spirals were going to be. They do like the the spirals and the Mickey hidden Mickey's in there and all of that. And our floral planner and our wedding planner kind of talked us out of that because they said, well, outside it's great. Um, if it's not windy, but if it's windy, it's just going to get all messed up and it's not worth it. Um, and I wish that maybe when we were looking at where we could have added 
some more money in our enhancements that I maybe would have thought to go back to that. Um, but I was just kind of put off by what they had said on it, looking back on the day and how it went. And of course, you don't know that until after I, I would have loved to have seen those. They told me the very same thing. And I just thought, you know what, my location is protected. It's not going to be a problem. And it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have any tips or advice for future couples? One of the things that I, I did in early on was, again, as a teacher, someone that's not used to, to kind of letting things go, was that I, I just, I micromanaged, I thought so much about, all right, are, are you living in the fast pass deadlines? Are, are they coming for lunch? Are my parents this way? My parents are notoriously to everything too. So like managing people that are hard to manage, it sucks up a lot of your time and energy. And I think for the first day and a half, I, I did so much more of that than focusing on like the wedding that was coming up and just hanging out with Rose and having a good time. So if you can plan like crazy before you go, make it easy for people. But once you get there, let go and enjoy. It. I mean, it's it, you're there for you. You're there for your your, your soon to be wife or, or or husband, and and make it be an enjoyable thing so you don't waste so much of it on uh, needless energy. And one of the things that I would say is a lot of people say that that DIYing can be a lot, or people can do it to save money. We really did it um, to save money in some things, but really to add some personalization to our wedding and for our guests. And we really enjoyed all of the stuff that we did, the brochures, the shirts, the sunglasses, the videos, everything that we made. And the year that we spent planning and making those things for our wedding really brought us even more closer together. And it, it is doable. I was working on my doctoral dissertation while doing it um, and planning the wedding. And, and it's certainly doable if you space it out. But it's that doing those things is one of my favorite memories of the year before our wedding was us spending time together doing those things and reading through our BEO and all of that. So even though it goes by really fast, just kind of cherish all of those moments because they're, they're just something that you're probably not going to do again, or at least to that extent, maybe even if you do a vow renewal later. So it's, it's really worth it. And the last thing that I would say is um, we were really caught up on our officiant um, going somewhere where we don't know a lot of people and just picking someone off of a list or off of a Facebook group recommendation or anything like that seemed really stressful and overwhelming to me and not really kind of what I wanted out of my wedding. And that's when Eric and I really just started talking and, and was saying, you know, Thomas, um, we already kind of asked him to be in our wedding but he has known both of us for years. He's funny, he's charming, he's charismatic. We really think that he can do this. Um, and he it was so worth it to have someone that we knew and was a friend of ours there in that moment with us, marrying us. I think it made both of us more comfortable. Um, it wasn't just someone we had talked to on the phone a couple of times. It was really someone who, and he, it was so great in that he sat down with us a couple of weeks before and was like going over the script and wanted to know like things I, I would want to say or not want to say and all of that. It was just such an amazing experience to have him do it. Um, and he said since it was very stressful and he's probably going to be our only wedding that he ever does, but it was so worth it. Huh. Well, Rose and Eric, this is all great advice, and I really appreciate your taking the time to share the story of your day with my listeners. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks, thanks so listening. much. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. 
Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. <laughs>